You are listening to Let Me Overthink About It, where I dive into a series of topics that occupy my anxious mind. I'm Sam Mador, overthinker extraordinaire. This week, I'm overthinking about copywriting with Kate Wallace. This one's for the entrepreneurs and the writers in the room. We're talking with Kate Wallace, who is a high-energy copywriter, award-winning journalist, and one-woman agency. Her idea of fun, writing copy that is generous, honest, consensual, naturally warm, and relational, pulled right out of her old bio. You can find all the rest of her information in the show notes, but I just wanted to pull out this cool thing. In 2014, Kate was named by 21 Inc. as one of New Brunswick's emerging leaders for the 21st century. How cool is that? Here's our chat. I am here with Kate Wallace over Zoom. Hello, Kate. Hello, Sam Adore. It's great. How are you? I'm good. You know, um, I'm actually, I'm good with a little... But I guess because COVID finally found my family and we were sort of down for the count last week. And it's just been a very unexpectedly quiet stretch. And I'm not used to those. So I feel like I'm just kind of um, easing back in. Totally. Yes. Yes. And that's not necessarily like a mode I like to like. I don't like unexpected energy. And I feel like we're just all in that space, you know, we're all fed up, we're all like ready for this to be over. And it isn't. Yeah. And you know, it is what it is, of course. But I think, yeah, we're all just at that very overly fatigued phase of all of this. Indeed. And I think, um, you know, as a as a one woman business, and as a freelancer, I mean, I, I think, it was kind of enlightening what a week of doing nothing really looked like. Um, right. It struck me how long it had been since I'd really, truly done like almost next to nothing except, you know, make a coffee, go to the couch, tag team on naps. Like, um, but it was valuable in some ways too. Like I yes. noticed that, um, that quiet time and that fallow time was kind of productive creatively because it, it let things that normally I think get kind of washed away in the hurly burly of just daily business and life. Like I had things sort of were percolating and ideas were coming to me of a sort that I hadn't seen in a while. And I kind of hadn't realized it. So that's my silver lining, I guess, with COVID. Right. You got to find one. Right. (laughs) There's got to be one in there somewhere. There's been a few, I'll be honest. There have been a few little silver linings and rebooting is one of those things. And I just want to get a little glimpse. So today we're going to overthink about copywriting. I always say this to my guests, that is where we start, but it's definitely not going to be where we end. We'll have all kinds of offshoots from our, our conversation on copywriting, but maybe Kate, let's start with what that business is. I know you obviously, you work for yourself uh, from home, but maybe just give us a little insight into what it is that you do mm-hmm. and in relation to copywriting. For sure. So yeah, I am a one person business. I am a freelance writer. I'm based uh, just outside of St. John. So I'm here today in my office oh. in Rossay, New Brunswick. Nice. And I'm, um, 
I don't know how unusual it is. Like I, I'm, I'm a generalist copywriter. So I work with a range of organizations, some big, some small, some new, some old. Uh, you've got nonprofits, government, private sector. I kind of take all comers. What I would say that they have in common is they tend to have something big that they're trying to achieve. They've got a bold vision. They've got something new. They're going after something ambitious and they're struggling to put the language around it. Um, So maybe that's pitching the federal government on millions of dollars of funding to do something that we've never seen in our region before. Or maybe it's you're launching a website for that first business that's been your your dream for years. Um, it could be ghostwriting blogs. Uh, ah. Or even I've, I've got a project actually underway right now. I'm ghostwriting my first book with two really incredible leaders, like really, um, I would say like ethical leaders. And so they have, oh, geez, I like almost a century of experience between them. So, so I'm working with them on a book. So it's, it's, I guess the only kind of general statement I could say is that no two days are the same. No right. two clients are exactly the same. And it is very interesting. Um, I learn something new every single day, which is quite a gift. Oh, man, I bet. Just hearing you say, see, I'm already going off on a tangent, by the way. Yeah, so there. Clearly, that's how I roll. Um, just hearing you say ghostwriting. I've heard people say ghostwriting. Here's my take on it. I look at that and I'm like, but does that mean I don't get credit? <laughs> yes. Is that a terrible perspective? I'm like, if I write a book, I want my name on the book. <laughs> yes. It's... Um... Right. And as a published author, I mean, you would know the pleasure, right? Of, I yes. mean, you can just imagine, like, what was that like for you when you got your advanced copy or your, your copy of like your first book? How did that feel? Oh, you're asking me. Yeah. Sorry. I was totally spacing on, I, th- I thought it was like a rhetorical question. Amazing. I mean, we self published. So I think that might be a little bit different, but oh my gosh. Yeah. It was amazing. And to see my, but part of that, as maybe egotistical as that might sound, part of that was like, oh my God, look at my name on the front of that book. That's so cool. No, it is. It's like you kind of plant that flag and like you've like you say you're saying to the world, like, I did this. Um I, I don't get me wrong, I definitely have uh goals and um uh independent projects that I would never give up and that absolutely right. my name on the cover and I, I would hold those closed and not let those go. Um, I think a lot of copywriting, it, it, you're, you, I'm really working in service to my clients, but really I'm working in service to their audience and it really isn't about me. Um, so I, I'm attached to it in terms of like, I want to see them hit the goals that they have in mind. Yeah. But they're not, but, and that's my role. And like, I'm very comfortable with that. And actually, you know, there is something kind of nice. Like there's a couple of things about it, like about, like for one thing, like, yeah, I don't get the glory, but so if there's any criticism, I don't get that. So that's you, fair. That's a bit of a, and, and you know, I would tell him, put your name out there, put your name out there. Like, don't, don't hide. But 
Um, so yeah, I don't have to deal with the reaction directly. Um, but the other thing is because I'm working in service with them as, um, it's their voice, it's their ideas. Like it really isn't mine. I'm just helping them channel it, um, shape it, polish it, uh, you know, give it that sort of strategic form. Yeah. But, but it, in the end it's theirs. So for instance, with the book that I'm ghostwriting, you know, I, we, we have these, uh, like one of the uh, authors is based in Texas. The other one's here in New Brunswick. And so we get on these sort of sprint days and they'll just start telling stories and they're both extremely, um, you know, interesting storytellers. And so my job isn't just to transcribe their stories and retell them. Like I kind of put them through the filter of what I know about writing, but, but I need them. I need their stories. I need their perspective. I need their insights. And then I just help them get that into the best possible shape we can get it into. Which is great. And hearing you say that, I I guess it's really no different than any other client that you're writing for, right? I mean, obviously a book is a bigger project in terms of like, it's not a, you know, helping somebody write copy for their website or whatever. It's obviously a larger thing, but you're right. It's just treating that as if they're not as if they are another client for you. And the fundamentals really travel. Like, of course, we have to think about the book as a whole like so we're thinking about the structure and flow and like that reader's journey through it um but I've become really obsessed lately with I I like getting books about writing I like reading about writing and um one of the best ones I've read recently is uh, the author's name I love his name is Verlin Klinkenborg and oh that's amazing <laughs> you know, that a fun name <laughs> I love it and his book's called, I've got it right here, Several Short Sentences About Writing. And But he talks about the sentence as the fundamental kind of building block, like that little Lego brick in whatever you're writing, whether it's this, I mean, he's not really talking to marketers more. I think he's talking more to authors, like creative writers, but right. it's, it's all the same. And like, so that fundamental building block, like if you can just work on one good sentence at a time, um, and then, of course, those sentences operate together into phrases and paragraphs and eventually chapters. Like, But it, it kind of is that simple. So if you just think, I just have to write, your job isn't the book, your job's one sentence, and then the next one, and so on. I feel like that takes a lot of the pressure off, and, and then you kind of get out of your own way, too, right? Because you're just dealing with the task at hand instead of when I get overwhelmed, I get paralyzed. And I think a lot of other people are that way too. You're not going to do your best writing if you're in a state of overwhelm. So um, I, I love, and he talks about, he, he had a phrase, I was just reading some of his book this morning. He talked about exalted plainness. Like he's really writing against um, or, or resisting like that, the kind of writing so many of us have been taught, which is, um like heavy-handed academic stuff right or in business often there's all this jargon and kind of just really bloated bad writing and his uh philosophy I guess would be just to 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 sit in like the comfort and kind of the elegance of simple 
short. And that exalted plainness, I think, gets at it. Like if something is um if something looks simple, there's probably actually a lot of effort and experience right that. But it does take confidence too to just sort of sit in that place and be like, here's my simply stated idea. Totally. And that's part of and you know marketing is all about storytelling really today. Anyway, that's like connecting with your audience relationship, building all of those things. Right. So being able to just tell that story in the simplest way or the most, you know, down to earth relatable way is so, so important, but you're right. Sometimes even putting it out in just regular language can be challenging because you have to really think about what your audience, what language your audience wants to hear. Yes. And then I think, I mean, I guess that's kind of getting at voice too. And right. I mean, ideally you feel comfortable in your own voice or your, your brand voice obviously is um, like with solopreneurs, you are your brand to a large extent. Yeah. So that's a little easier. It, it, I think it's probably more challenging for people who are maybe like working as uh, you know, in a marketing department, an agency or in a business you have to almost get into a character of the brand, but but hopefully you can get into that place where you're writing in your or your organization's um, you know kind of authentic brand voice. And yeah. so instead of pandering to your audience, they're all, they're naturally responding to um, what makes you unique, and, and that right. shows up in in what you're writing. And just kind of veering off again, um, just when you say that, because, okay, so just uh, typically I work on contract and I do a bit of, you know, marketing and events and social media management and stuff like that for, for clients. One thing I've often struggled with is that voice. Like, so this is the voice of this client. And then this is the voice of this client and trying to make those distinct, but still using, you know, uh, the same goals obviously is to get people's attention and to speak in language that people understand and, you know, all of those things. So how would you have any tips for, for, um, folks who do kind of have to balance multiple clients? Yes. And it's definitely something I've, str- I don't want to say I've struggled with it, but I've notice that it's probably the closest like I I don't I've never acted but it's it's almost like getting into character a bit um I think one of the um research things you can do to kind of hone in on that distinct voice is just to take a look at what's already been put out there and also especially for um, organizations that are really active or clients who are really active on social media, like see what, where, what are the hits? Like, what are people really responding to? And, um, and just paying attention to like the word choice that they're using also um like formality can be a big signaler. Yeah. Um, so for some organizations, they would never ever use an emoji. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> you know, in their social media, like they're just, they're, they're at the formal end of things or, um, but some organizations are perfectly comfortable with emojis, with slang. Um, they're really up on kind of trends or like um, the kind of language of the day. Like if there's trending hashtags or ideas. Um, I mean, some organizations are, will swear. 
and that's completely yeah. on brand for them and many others, you know, it would be anathema. So I, I would kind of see like what, look, look at what they've already put out there and what their audience responds to. And also look at how their audience, like if they have reviews, comments, right. Um, I mean, for me, if when I'm onboarding a client, if I have a chance to talk to some of their customers or other stakeholders and hear in their voice, what matters, that's really helpful as well. And that's not always a possibility, but there's usually like those breadcrumbs on the internet, right? Through comments, reviews. Yes. Um, and then, you know, maybe even just doing like a, almost like a, you could create almost like a little filter, like um, with like kind of key, if there's keywords that came up a lot around a client or phrases, yeah. or even if there's adjectives that came to mind, you could almost create like a little bit of a filter. So when you're creating content for them, just have a glance at your list. Be like, does this kind of meet that filter that I've established? Yeah. And actually, the theater nerd in me, Kate, is very happy that you use that analogy of getting into character. I've never looked at it that way. But it's like, you know, today I'm wearing this hat and this is my character. And then this afternoon I'm switching and wearing this uh, this hat, this character. That's a really cool analogy for me, especially. When I first started writing, I felt like I had to, I felt like the character, like my sort of general character was like business Kate, because I'd come from a journalism background and all of a sudden, you know, my clients were in firms and companies and we were, they were business people. And I felt like I was just so terrified that they would discover that I wasn't one of them, which I now realize is ridiculous. But I remember like, I don't think I was... Uh, I was probably a little bit more guarded and formal because I'd made a bunch of assumptions around business people. And like, as this, um, I, I made a lot of generalizations around what that meant to to be operating, like, you know, to be, to be working with them. But yeah, it's funny looking back on that. Well, and it ebbs and flows and, you know, it just changes too. Like people were expecting more formal language a few years ago than they are now. Social media has really changed that because I feel like people now need, I mean, not everybody Mm -hmm. needs to use emojis, but like when you were saying that, that some would never, and some are comfortable with that, I think particularly on different social media platforms, it's like you have to be used to, or get comfortable with using some of that stuff just to get people's attention I think yes yeah and it's interesting too like and I've even kind of grappled with this a little bit myself with the content I'm putting out like just around writing in my own business is the different platforms have very different vibes and tones and I think it's easy sometimes to especially if you're just maybe starting out writing or trying to find your voice is kind of to defer to like the default voice. But like, for instance, on LinkedIn, the default voice can be quite stale and Mm -hmm. corporate. And and so it's interesting because there's an opportunity. I think there's a huge opportunity on LinkedIn to stand out with interesting content because so much of it, frankly, reads like a, you know, dry (laughs) press release that was, you know, coming out of like a very corporate comms kind of setting. Um, yeah. So, and again, that's a bit of a, 
you know, that comes with experience and it comes with yeah. the more content and copywriting that, because obviously for a lot of small businesses and even mid-sized ones, they're doing a lot of it in-house. And yeah. so it, it takes a while just to kind of build up that. Comfortability. Yeah. To be yourself. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, it's so funny that you say that because confidence is a lot of it. Like, it's like almost like taking that first step. Right. And I'm thinking back to starting your actually specifically a blog, for example, it's like putting out that first blog post is like jumping off a bridge. You know what I mean? It's like, but once you do it, the next one becomes easier. The next one becomes easier. All of those things that sort of uh, trickles down. But a lot of that is based on confidence and how you feel about the work and how you feel it's going to be received and all of those things. But what I love, and I'm going to, I'm kind of rambling a little bit here, Kate, but what I love is your content on Twitter because, and obviously your website as well, but it all kind of links back to just taking those few steps and taking it, like you said, one step at a time. So, you know, getting your first draft in 30 minutes, those types of that type of content really resonates with me because it's all about a taking it in smaller chunks and then also just doing it like ripping off the bandaid. Yeah. It, uh, it's kind of like, I, you know, writing, I I certainly didn't come up with this idea, but people say writing is a muscle and it absolutely is true. And I always think getting started is like going back to the gym when you haven't been there in two years or like, I'm definitely the couch to 5k kind of, (laughs) that's the kind of writing I want to do because what, you know, once you get your 5k, you're rolling, like, you know, whatever that would be in writing terms, like, let's say you get your you got your first 10 blogs, like you're good. You're, you're going to build on that. You can do the, the marathon, which I don't know, maybe is like a book or a course or whatever. Um, but the hardest part is getting off that couch and taking those first steps and it's gonna feel probably there might be some pleasure early on, but but there, it's probably going to feel a lot more, more, you're going to have a lot more discomfort at the front end. But if you do build those habits and if you do train and can kind of just get through that, then that beautiful flow state that you find in writing, like the, just as a runner would eventually find pleasure in their runs and, and ease and even look right. forward to it. I, writing's very much the same way. I love, again, I love that analogy. And I think, for a lot of people, or I hope a lot of people, not just me, but for me, for sure, um, with a lot of things, but with writing in particular, it's like, I want it to be the final draft the first time I write it. You know what I mean? Like, I want this to be golden. I'm just going to sit here. I'm all inspired and I'm just going to write it. And that's just a ridiculous expectation that I'm putting on myself. So then I don't do it. Yes. And I think that the, if like a little mindset shift can be thinking about writing as a process rather than product. So instead of thinking about the end piece and, you know, there's a writer, Anne Lamott, who's amazing and hilarious. She has a book called bird by bird. And it's another one of those writing books I absolutely love, but she has this whole, a chapter or two around shitty first drafts. And really what she says is your first draft should be shitty like, it, and, and it, that's absolutely like in its nature, because 
it's it's the start. It's not the end. You have yeah. to edit it. You, you, when you're writing to through that process, you really discover, you see your gaps. Like that's what I notice a lot when I sit down to start writing is when I realize I don't really know how to get from that idea to that one or how do they really connect or um, where the logic breaks down or even just, yeah. Sometimes there's opportunities that you realize, but I need a bit more research or I need a bit more thinking on this. Um, yeah. So I love that. Again, you just said it's kind of like the training. It's like, it's not the race. It's the, <laughs> is that a good analogy? I don't know. But I think it is. And I think like we, you saying that about, you know, the first draft, like doesn't have to be good or shouldn't be good rather. Um, it's really just getting all of those like niggly ideas and thoughts and whatever out of your head onto paper. And then you can just sort of mix it all in together, you know, cut and paste and do whatever needs to be done. And another theater analogy is a dress rehearsal. It's like as a theater mm-hmm. actress, like you want that dress rehearsal to be shit so that you know that opening night will be good. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So you would like, as an actor, you'd feel good of like, yeah, you kind of got all of the garbage out of the way. Like you somehow purged it. Um, again, I I feel like I'm just um, so obsessed with this several short sentences about writing book, but he talks about the, whatever you're writing is at the end, like what's left is the residue of your process. So, and, and there's, you, you know, you can get to a final draft quickly, but it's, Ideally, you, you've got a few, um, you've got some time and space to build in uh, the opportunity for a few drafts. Right. So we've talked about websites. We've talked about uh, books, obviously, um, you know, press releases, things like that. What are the things that really get you going? Like if you're working with a client, what are the, what are the pieces that you love to write hmm. or help write? <laughs> I, I blog posts I love um and maybe that's again coming from a journalism background because they feel like the most like a journalism type story I mean I was an arts reporter primarily so the writing I got to do was a little more like creative and stylistic I guess than your standard like just the facts ma'am kind of news story but there's something about that kind of 800 word length that I love it. It just feels like home. And so it's like, it's enough space to really explore an idea, um, but not so long that it still feels like a short read. And so there's something about that length. And then also the, the, my clients, it's their voice and ideas so they you know there's a a perspective in blogs that is stronger perhaps or different than general copy say on your website right yes so that's really fun but I find it's mostly it's almost more about the client than the actual assignment like yeah that's fair Especially when you get in a groove with with really figuring out what the tone and the voice and all of those things are going to be too, right? Because if you get into that nice groove, then it becomes, you know, easier and more fun to come up with new content and consistent content because consistency obviously is key so that people start to recognize 
the voice wherever they read it. Yeah. And there's a crazy thing that happens the more, and this kind of goes back to our, um, I guess, like running analogy, but the, it's a lot harder in the beginning too, I find for people to come and for like, we're, we're generating some ideas and it can feel like, um, people can really struggle with that. In fact, often that's why they kind of land on my doorstep is because they think they don't have anything interesting to say and they feel like they should be putting something out. But once you get generating content, it generates tons of spinoff ideas too. Yeah. Um, kind of like, you know, it's like people want that final draft to be perfect. And sometimes they want their first piece to say everything. And it's like, no, it only has to say one. You just need one idea animating yeah. this piece. There's, there'll be many more blog posts or whatever where you can um, take all the tangents and explore all the spinoff yeah. ideas too. Yeah. I mean, I think that I love how you break it down into just one sentence at a time. I mean, that's just an analogy for life. Like I, uh, just thinking about any sort of overwhelming project that you're working on or whatever, or just day to day, like one day at a time, one step at a time, whatever that analogy looks like for you to kind of make sure you're not overwhelmed or biting off more than you can chew, or like you said before, paralyzed, which is legit. If you're, you know, thinking about the project and this giant weight on your shoulders, uh, instead of part by part, then you're just going to end up doing nothing. Yes. I mean, that's a, there's, I don't know who said this, but perfect is the enemy of done. Oh, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's funny, like getting started is hard. And I, I, and I personally find this finishing is hard. Like, getting it done, shipping the work. Um, And so that's, I think sometimes when we need to just like, I mean, obviously the, for my clients that hire me, like they're outsourcing uh, that. (laughs) Maybe they don't want to try or they they don't have time or they, you know, they, I talk to so many people, Sam, who have like, files and documents and they've started 27 blog posts and you know they just kind of couldn't get her done but um but yeah I think that's like the getting started and then like the finishing it and shipping it or when you really have to like muster your will um yeah that's when you just kind of have to have like a little conversation with yourself like I am not not posting this and right I mean, this sounds kind of defeatist but I sometimes I just go like well I mean, it's not like I'm like an emergency room doctor or (laughs) what's the worst that could happen? No one's going to die. I have to tell myself that all the time as an overthinker, for sure. It's like, wait a minute. You just have to snap yourself into perspective. Like this is not rocket science. Nobody's life is on the line right now. Like just put it out there. Yeah. (laughs) And like the thing too is, I mean, we, we of course think about ourselves. A lot of people are worried, like, what will other people think? And it is scary when you put your writing out there, you've made your ideas manifest, you know, they're, they're available for judgment and that is a vulnerable, vulnerable place to be. But um, sometimes you, people put their first piece out there and they've kind of done like the, oh, like, you know, covering their eyes, hit send and And then there's crickets (laughs) 
And it's like, you know, it, it also takes time to build an audience. So there's there's a little bit of safety sometimes in anonymity at the beginning as well because yeah. you're building your audience. But And then that's kind of devastating too, though. People, you know, you, you've thought about your, your audience and you've imagined all possible scenarios of reaction and then you just kind of don't get anything. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you build it up to be this really big thing. And then it's like, oh. <laughs> like a, that little Debbie Downer moment, right? Where I guess nobody read it anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. And you know, the thing that's great about the internet, like, I mean, in the early days of my newspaper career, like the internet was around, but it hadn't become like the main like yeah. medium for media. And so, you know, if you had a typo or a mistake, it was in hard copy, which was pretty devastating. Um, But now if there's something, you put a blog post or something out there and you don't like it, like you can change it. You can fix it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's that's totally true. It's not quite as scary as it used to be for sure. And then the perfectionist in you, right? Like, I think that's a lot of the issue with, well, with me and a lot of folks that I know is just, like I mentioned before, just kind of wanting it to be right the first time, but there's so much learning in getting it wrong as you go. Yes. And I mean, of course, like if you misspelled, like if you had a typo, like that's, uh, that's a mistake, but that's something you can fix. But also like, there's no one right way to write something like there's many possible versions and I think uh you know that idea that the the words on the page or on the screen that that's the residue of your decisions and your decisions are legitimate and I mean especially when you're copywriting or writing for your business I mean you're coming from a place of expertise right you know your business uh better than anyone so you've probably made good decisions in shaping those words that are there in the end. So just thinking about small business owners, because I know you had mentioned, you know, uh, obviously the people that you work with are able to hire out to get this work done. But if you're a one person show and, you know, you've got obviously all of the other responsibilities, are there any sort of go-to tips for getting that consistency, getting, uh, the wording right that you would give to a small business owner? I mean, I think it's, I, I think it's like the most important thing is just to get started and to be consistent in your publishing. And it would depend on your business a little bit, like whether, um, like if you have services or, or there's this sort of expertise that you're sharing, like a blog probably makes a lot of sense. Um, and a newsletter Like I love, this is something I committed to a couple of years ago and I've really enjoyed it. And it's been, um, I've seen it grow. My audience is blog every two weeks. And then I put out a newsletter every two weeks, kind of talk about what's in the blog, maybe share some stories or just other things that are going on. Um, But for me, what makes me not neglect it when things get really busy uh, and keeps me consistent is I have someone who helps me on the back end. So Ah. investing a little bit of my own money in it and also having someone else that I'm accountable to has made all the difference. Um, Is that Crystal? Yeah. (laughs) I just have to say, shout out to Crystal. She was a a guest on my my first season and 
Crystal introduced us, uh, Crystal Richard. And sadly, so now I work, I'm doing a term with the United Way of Colchester County. And so I'm not doing my own business for this year, yeah. but I had Crystal as well as my PR amazing she's just amazing but it was exactly that and since I stopped I was gonna say this until I realized you were probably talking about Crystal too I when I stopped working with Crystal I was like damn now I don't have anybody to like hold me accountable to getting that newsletter started or you know what I mean it's like now what am I gonna do well (laughs) I mean you know she's there when when you're ready to return I I would say Um, but but there's other ways like def, like if someone's starting out, um, and they might not have the budget, you can build in other accountability partners or, or even maybe like, um, uh, there's someone like, there's so many great on, um, support groups for entrepreneurs, like through, like, I know here in St. John, um, there's some really wonderful, like organizations and the chambers strongly, but maybe through that you can find um, a buddy and you just kind of barter. Yeah. Um, or you That's do a great idea another for free. And then, you know, you can also get fresh eyes, editing support. So, but I find having an external accountability has been game changing. Um, and then I think well, it's and- a matter of getting, going oh the other thing though that's really important um I'm definitely someone like ideas come and go out of my head like so they come quickly and they they leave and I always think oh I'll remember that and I never do yeah so whatever method someone has for capturing ideas like make like make sure you have whether it's notebooks stickies um, like a notes file on your phone but keep those because, and sometimes I find I'll capture an idea and then I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm getting all these spinoff ideas for a blog post for myself. So, um, yeah. I love that. And I use, well, I use a couple of things. Uh, I do like to write things out like old you school, do. but yeah. I also though, in a pinch, uh, for writing projects, because my dream, and I've been trying to manifest this here for a while, is to, is to write a book, a nonfiction book. And since I started this dream, which was years ago, it's ebbed and flowed, and it's been a bunch of different things. Um, and now it's actually a series of short stories. So what I do is I just have a Google document and I just have Google docs on my phone and I have it on my laptop, obviously. And I just go in and I, if I think of something, I'm just like, this is going to be one of the short stories. And I just kind of start whatever came in my head. And then I'll, I just know I'll go back and revisit it later. It's awesome. Right. You've got it. You've captured it. Yeah. Um, This is definitely, it's a software for people who are writing books called, I don't know what Sam, have you ever heard of or tried Scrivener? I have heard of it. I've never tried it. I have heard of it. I, (laughs) it's funny. I remember as a reporter, someone told me this joke about like every journalist has a book in them and or every journalist thinks they have a book in them. And for most of them, that's where it should stay. (laughs) But, um, oh my, I've been working on a book, a nonfiction book, but I found Scrivener. I really liked it. And it also kind of feels like my home base for that project. Like it's the only, um, I only have that one book project in Scrivener. So everything else, like my Google docs and my other software that I use kind of feels more like my business writing. 
And this kind of feels like my own personal oh. creative little place. And I don't know, some that it just is a nice kind of mental separation. Oh, that's a really good idea. Yeah, because it does become jumbled. If writing is part of your work and part of your, you know, well, I guess, I mean, writing a book is work as well. But yeah, to be able to find a way to separate that in your brain is hugely helpful, I would imagine. Yeah. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's definitely made for, because a book is so big too, like there's so much to organize. Yeah. Uh, like in some of them, I'm like citing articles or anyhow, yeah. just, it helps me keep it uh like it kind of gives me a nice structure to keep it all organized in one place so excellent and I'm gonna put you on the spot and I know you've mentioned a couple already but um I'm a I'm a quotaholic I love inspirational quotes that I can post around my wall and and try to get motivated or whatever it is do you have a favorite quote that you might go to Kate hmm I mean, I don't thinking like if it specifically relates to, to writing or motivation or inspiration. (laughs) I I do think that, I mean, I already said it during our conversation, but I think that perfect is the enemy of done. Yeah. Is a really big one. That's great. It's actually almost visual for me. When you said that the first time, it was like, I could picture what that like it's just an easy thing to wrap my brain around what did you picture like do you picture perfection as this like little ogre or something or it might have been because so funny it might have been this is gonna sound I'm gonna sound crazy now but it might have been because you mentioned something about what was the the book bird by bird yeah there was something involving a bird in my image of what uh what I pictured when you said that and it was more like calming like you know what I mean like seeing what letting go of perfection looked like if that makes sense that's actually really beautiful (laughs) I feel like I'm like truly entering middle age now because I'm like really into watching the birds in my backyard and right I'm yeah I'm like turning into an old lady who like just loves the birds (laughs) man I'm about to go on vacation um to my in-laws cottage and PEI and they have a hummingbird feeder and like I'm just, I'm with you because I can just sit there and when they come up, I'm just like, they're so amazing. And then off in the distance are the seagulls. Like, I'm just like, yeah, like I'm okay with that though. We're getting old, but it's okay. Yeah. It's like those little simple pleasures and totally. Yeah. Yeah. So Kate, where can people, I know, obviously I mentioned you're on Twitter and I recommend any, everybody follow you. I love your content. Where can people find you? Yeah. Um, yeah. I said, I do seem to be on all the platforms except except TikTok. Um, Story by Kate is my handle on Twitter, Instagram. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. And then um, my website is katewallace.ca. And I have tons of, they've accumulated a lot of blog posts now about writing a lot of like that, like I said, that couch to 5k kind of writing advice um, on there. So Excellent. Well, thank you so much for overthinking with me today. I, as always, I always feel like I could go on and on. Um, but I've really appreciated chatting with you. And I'm so glad Crystal introduced us. It was my pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sam. Thanks again to my guest, Kate Wallace, for overthinking with me about copywriting and so much more. I hope you enjoyed our chat. <laughs>